0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back uh, to our third season, I believe, even though we've been doing it for four years, I think, already. Uh, But we just started counting three seasons ago. So I hope you had an amazing summer or winter. depends where you are on the planet, Uh, not only to know the season, but also to see how it was for you guys. Because as we talked here since 2018, Uranus, the planet of unpredictability, the great awakener, sometimes rude awakener, has moved into Taurus, Mother Nature. And uh, we've been seeing these effects quite a lot. Uh, You know, here in California, we didn't even know what atmospheric rivers were until they arrived, even though in the book of 2023 I did mention it. But a lot of people ask me, what is it precisely? Now, after 2023, nobody, at least in California, asks what it is. And um, also when I was flying from Istanbul to Los Angeles is when we had hurricane... Uh, Hillary come visit Baja California by the time she came to Alta California uh, she became the first tropical storm to arrive here and the newspaper reported that it was the first time in 84 years since 1939 and if you remember Uranus' cycle uh, the orbit around the sun is precisely 84 years and we talked about how Uranus the awakener uh, disruptive energy that has to do also with technology, innovation, the sign of humanity the joker that needs to to make the jump, the leap of faith... Uh, he's um, in Taurus right now. And Taurus is the sign of Mother Nature. So Mother Nature is definitely awakening. That's going to be like that uh, until 2026. Obviously, by then, we should be very well awakened. Even though in the GOP um, uh, debates you saw a few days ago, uh, they they were all competing to see who is the more idiotic person to think that the climate change is a hoax. So still, obviously, in the United States, that's definitely very strong in other places. Places in the world. Also, I just came back from Israel. There, also the the ultra nationalist and ultra religious uh, people there tend to be very much um, negating the whole idea of uh, climate change. But you know, they're negating a lot of other things in life. So their cognitive dissonance is strong enough to keep them going, uh, in spite of the uh, information that they experience on their skin and with their bones and with their uh, body. But uh, what I wanted to talk about today is first of all, uh, welcome you back Uh, and um, again, hope you've been having a rather okay time under the circumstances. We have Mercury retrograde until September 17. We have Venus retrograde until September 5. Uh, September 3rd and 4th, you really have to be careful because Venus is going to be stationary while Mercury is retrograding. So we really do have to be careful. But what's coming up generally right now is the uh, very powerful full moon, the harvest full moon that is coming on August 31st. Remember, August is a very special month. We have two super full moons or super moons that are full uh, coming in the same month. Uh, that's kind of rare. And that happened to us in September 1st, and it's happening again in September 31. The September 31 uh, is an interesting full moon. It's called the harvest full moon. We have Virgo, Sun, opposite to the moon in Pisces, very imaginative, very connected to dreams, intuition, but also harvesting whatever it is that you planted around. uh, let's say March, April. So your job is to go back to March, April, go back to your calendar, check to see what was going on around that time, meetings that you had with specific people. Maybe you planted certain certain, uh, projects in the ground, maybe a certain relationship that started, whatever, whatever was going on, end of March, April, that is the time that we usually saw things in the ground or we put our plants there. And now during Virgo, the lady of the herb, we are harvesting it. So definitely pay attention uh, leading up to August 31st is a time to gather your crops or whatever it is that you've planted or at least seeing some manifestation of it. So that's the full moon that we're going to have in August 31st. Then uh, September 3rd and 4th, you really have to be careful and try not to do too many important things around that time. It is the Venus stationary. Venus stationary basically means that we're going to have that experience of Venus very strongly because she's stationary, but um, she's stuck. So it's not the best time to start new projects around that time because they can get stuck unless what you want in the project is to get grounded and stuck there forever and ever you know the idea behind a stationary planet you know with venus case it happens for four days every year and a half so it's very rare is that you get the channel the pure force of justice beauty design colors even finance the only thing that it's it's not moving it's not adjustable it's almost like a um, Michelangelo got this big boulder, it's not moving, and and his chisel can't get in, he can't really sculpt anything, even though in his mind's eye he can see King David from from the boulder coming out. But it doesn't come out because even though the vision is there, Venus, very detailed, even to the nails, everything, he can't execute it in a sense. So that's the Venus stationary. But the thing about Venus stationary, and that's the analogy, I actually uh, during this period finished writing the book for 2024. And by the way, if you guys know any other country that would be interested in uh, publishing it, definitely email me, and maybe I can get a translation done. Or if you guys know any publishers from different countries, uh, I will definitely travel if the book is published someplace. So anyway, I finished it now. It's being edited finally, and. Uh, we're gonna be ready to launch it probably after the uh, after we're done with um, Mercury retrograde closer to the new year. But anyway. There I give an example of how to work with the retrograde. So when the car is going forward, it's passing by through you, you you see the direction of the car, maybe you can identify the make and the year of the car. When the car is retrograding, it's a little bit tougher uh, to identify it, also tougher for the people that are inside, but when the car is stationary in front of you, you're able to see Who's there, uh, what car, uh, what the car model and year is. So stationary gives us the ability to see things very clearly about the archetype, whether it's Mercury or Venus or Jupiter, whatever. But we can't get in because it's kind of stuck, it's locked, uh, and it's not moving. So it's not even going backwards. So you're really not going anywhere. So the 3rd and 4th of uh, September, we're not going anywhere in connection to relationship, partnership, design, colors, art, um, everything that has to do also with the sense of justice and law. These are the things that are associated with Venus. So again, September 3rd and 4th, to be a little bit more careful, September 5th comes in, things are moving much better. Don't forget that we started our retrograde the 21st, 22nd of July, going to talk about it today a little bit so that's about 40 days that venus is retrograde and also if you noticed when we started the retrograde venus was the evening star affecting us much more through the lens of libra much more social much more open let's say much more peaceful and uh, venus disappeared and she reappeared again now as the morning star which is going to be with us for quite a while now so she's going to be the morning star guiding us during the uh, early hours of the day it's associated a little bit more with Aries, a little bit more feisty power energy, a little bit more collision and 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 maybe some more. Challenges with some relationships just because Venus as the morning star is more about my own identity in the context of the relationship. And this is all supported by the fact that from the middle of July this year until January 2025, we have the north node in Aries, the south node in Libra, asking us to be more I am and less we are, more about my identity and less about the identity of my partner or other people. So We'll talk about it, of course, as the year goes by and we'll get a lot of examples. The North Node always represents what our soul desires to learn collectively for everybody. So now for the next year and a half, we're trying to learn about our identity. Who are we? What is our purpose here? Our brand, our style, uh, our bodies, everything it has to do also with how how we initiate, uh, how we drive things. Uh, and the South Node represents what we need to let go, is much more about Libra, which has to do more with relationship, partnership, making sure that everybody's okay, coming up with compromises, diplomacy. So it's not that you can't result to diplomacy and you should go to war, but it means that the only way that we can have diplomacy is by understanding who are we. For example, uh, you know, one of the biggest things now they have in Israel, of course, Bibi Netanyahu needs some kind of victory after the mess that he's made from Israel and for Israel. So the Saudi Arabia, accord or 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 helping Saudi Arabia become part of the Abraham Accords and having some normalization or peace with Saudi Arabia of course this is about diplomacy it's about relationship it's about partnership it's about compromises of course it's kind of complicated because Saudi Arabia couldn't care less about Israel but she wants to have nuclear uh, facilities supposedly civil you know in Israel they're concerned it could be also weaponized never mind but in order to do that they need it from United States and they're saying to United states hey if you're not going to give it to us we're going to go to China and get it anyway so united you know, states saying okay we'll we'll think about it we'll work with you about it um, but what Saudi Arabia also has to show in order to normalize the relationship with Israel is that something was happening or something changes for the better with the Palestinians with of course with the ultra-national ultra-religious government they have now in Israel they're not going to do any kind of concession towards the Palestinians so you see what is going on here everybody has to have their own sense of identity who is United States in this who is Israel in this who is Saudi Arabian who is Palestine in this in order to create some kind of peace that could last. But because the South Node is now in Libra up until January 2025, diplomacy is going to have a really tough time because people are shunning away from compromises and going towards the North Node, the Dragon, being in Aries. And next year, if I have to remind you, from February 10th, I think it's happening, we are having the Chinese New Year of the young uh, wood dragon. So not only have the the North Node, the dragon, flying through fiery Aries, we're going to also have the year of the dragon in the wood. Wood means yang. So it's a masculine dragon soaring up in the skies of China for a whole year. So definitely 2024 is lining up to be a very interesting year, to say the least. But you can see how the South Node, North Node duality is already starting to happen. So first of all, let's look at... um, what's going on uh, with us uh, this next week, so we can uh, plan ahead. Uh, Of course, we have the full moon, and we also have these transitions of uh, uh, Venus coming up, which is actually good, because as we proceed towards September 17, things are supposed to get easier, but there could be a culmination, 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 whatever culmination like a like a peak or an apex of a lot of uh, challenges could actually happening happen towards the end of august which is now so up leading up to august 31 we're harvesting whatever it is that we have sown so again today august 27 we have the moon in capricorn uh, moon in capricorn is always not the easiest, just because the moon doesn't like to be in the furthest sign away from her home. It's like me taking you away 12 hours uh, time difference from wherever you were born. At first, it might be very exciting, but eventually you're going to have homesick in a sense, not to mention that you could be living in a different season. So the idea is that right now the moon is a little bit in uh, exile. But because we are in Virgo and the moon is in Capricorn, it actually creates some kind of a balance uh, between the light and the dark. The more important what's happening tomorrow, tomorrow we have the moon sitting on top of Pluto, but she's creating a beautiful trine, which means always the sacred mountain protection, the ability to uh, strive to, to reach the top. Uh, that's because we have... A few things happening tomorrow, we have the moon on top of Pluto, which can cause a little bit of power struggles, manipulation, emotional blackmail and stuff like that within family or within the context of people that are close to you. But at the same time, we're having this beautiful trine between Pluto and the moon that are together with Mercury and Minerva, which are together, and Uranus. These are all planets that are very pragmatic and practical especially if you apply apply anything to do with innovation, technology. Of course, Mercury is retrograde, so you have to be careful. Mercury retrograde always good to revisit projects from the past, things that you've started before and couldn't manifest. Especially because Venus is retrograde, Mercury in retrograde and tomorrow Uranus is starting to get into stationary, getting ready. Um to start retrograding on August 30th. That's why I told you that as we get closer to August 31st, things are getting a little bit uh, intense. So again, Uranus is going to be retrograding for a month. It, go, it, it talks about returning back maybe to old technologies, old ways of um, uh, working with innovation, uh, old ways of looking at uh, the future. Or basically what it talks about with Uranus is always a jump, a leap of faith. Uranus retrograde means a leap of faith backward, meaning jumping into a a thing that you were maybe obsessed about or thought about in the past and somehow drifted away. Maybe it's a certain hobby, maybe it's a certain activity, especially because it's in Taurus, it could be related to an old way of making money or a talent that you've completely neglected for a long time that it's time to return to. But with, again, Venus retrograde, Mercury retrograde, you could start project, but these will have to be projects that you've tried in the past and failed to accomplish or didn't complete, and this will be a good time to return to that, especially because everything leading up to August 31st is the end of things, harvesting things. You know, think about the idea of um, the reward or yielding something from past actions, in a sense. Um, so... We have that trine. Trine is always good. It talks about protection. Mars moved into Libra. Mars does not like to be in Libra. He's in exile. He's going to be there for like a month or so, a month and a half. And that means, again, some confusion about war and peace. Because as we can see, the North Node is in Aries, trying to focus us again on our own identity, on I am. That's all the way for another year and a half but Mars the ruler of Aries is now in Libra which is all about we are so that's a little bit confusing the next month and a half where am i where are you uh, do i want to be by myself do i want to be in a partnership uh, what kind of partnership I want a partnership around i want around me maybe some conflicts and some uh, clashes and even because Mars is now in Libra could be that you see or more clear the intention of your uh, antagonist or your adversary Because Mars in Libra can a lot of time talks about war with open enemies, meaning people that you already know that are working against you. Venus is in Leo. Um, She's going to be like that for a while. But August 28th, again, Monday, is the preparation for the Uranus retrograde that's going to start on Wednesday. So, basically, Uranus retrograde or stationary means... Not to try to download new programs, not to start uh, working on new uh, startups in the next few days, Uh, just to be a little bit more careful how you're dealing with technology, even because Mercury is retrograde. Now we're going to have Uranus retrograde also. Both of them are very intellectual planets. They're planets of brilliance. The good news is that they're trining right now. They're getting along very, very well. So again, it's science, innovation, technology, and communication in the service of the Earth, which is health and finance that can improve. Then if we move towards August 29, we have the moon in Aquarius. That's a shift of energy. Uh, the trine is still going on with P- Pluto, Mercury, and Uranus. That's going to be uh, maybe another day or so. So again, Monday, Tuesday could be very good for business, even though we're in Mercury retrograde and Venus retrograde, just because there's some ideas that might come down to you. Uh, it's the sign of brilliance, basically. It's a bridge between the intellect that's very logical and the intellect that comes to you like with aha moments and like uh, insights and Eureka kind of... Uh, um, Clarity. So that's going to be going on a Tuesday also because the moon is in Aquarius. It adds something to do with communities, people, groups, organizations. The only issue is that the moon is opposite to Venus. And moon opposite to Venus means that there is some issues in relationships or some tension between home and family and your uh, or, or your family of origin and your partner right now. So, again, it could be some issues within laws. Uh, just to be a little bit more aware that Tuesday could be a little bit more problematic, especially uh, with women in the family or for women in the family. Besides that, we have, um, yeah, also Saturn is opposite to the sun. I don't know if you guys noticed or you looked out uh, the last few days. We had a very clear Saturn opposite to the sun. It was yesterday. It was tonight. You can still go out and see it. Um, you'll be able to see very clearly the sun, the Saturn uh, very much shining because it's opposite right now so it's visible even without a telescope and it's basically saturn opposite to the sun a lot of time it's issue with father figures so what we have is issue with father figure and issue with women with mother figures just because venus is opposite to the moon saturn opposite to the sun it's kind of the good father the bad father the father that eats his own children saturn versus the father that nurtures and raises his children towards the light which is the sun So, definitely a lot of dynamic issues in family that can be a little bit off. On August 30th, uh, the moon is on top of Saturn, getting ready for the uh, opposition, for the full moon. And this full moon is going to be, again, an opposition full moon. We're going to have the moon opposite to the sun, uh, but also the Saturn opposite to the sun at the same time. That's, again, creating a little bit more heaviness uh, on that specific full moon. So, you're going to feel a little bit more slow, a little bit more sluggish, a little bit more kind of uh, in a perpetuous jet lag in a sense. So that's the weekend, especially on a Thursday and Friday when we hit the full moon precisely. Uh, the moon, uh, yeah, Venus is also squaring Jupiter, I mean, it's a little bit less right now because she's going away from there. It's been going on for the last week, which is sometimes trying too much with certain relationship and not seeing that your return is uh, very clear uh, or trying too much to pacify certain people that uh, you don't see it's reciprocal. And also, the moon on top of Saturn, again, just makes the emotional expression a little bit tougher. It's almost as if we all feel that we feel, but we don't know how to communicate those feelings. And if they do communicate those feelings, they get all crazy uh, because Mercury is retrograde. Or if we try to communicate with our partner because Venus is retrograde, that makes it even stronger or more difficult. Then there is a shift of energy in August 31st. The moon is moving into Pisces, and we are starting the full moon uh, the full moon, uh, the harvest full moon. It's considered to be a very big or a bigger full moon, not only because it's a super moon, but also because the moon around this, the equinox are usually bigger and last a little bit longer between their rise uh, to their, between they rise until the moment they basically uh, disappear. So their time giving us light is very, very long compared to other full moons. And also it's very auspicious and it's very... Uh, Right on, you know, the Zeitgeist, because that's the time in the northern hemisphere that we go to the fields and harvest whatever is we planted. And usually, you go to harvest after you've done with your work. You're gonna go join the people in the fields. The whole village come together. So we have to reap. I mean, we have to basically harvest everything, unless uh, otherwise, we're not gonna get the full uh, of everything that we have planted in the spring. Therefore, people come after work, meaning around sunset, to work with uh, uh, the rest of the farmers. So that was always a communal period, you can say. And that's why Virgo is a sign of service, because it doesn't matter what you do for your work, which is ruled by Virgo, you join the farmers at the end in the field and you help them out. So... That's why it is longer, bigger, shinier and so important, energetically speaking, because it always represented for thousands of years, people coming together to serve each other and to serve their diet, which is what Virgo is all about, because whatever it is that you harvest is what you're going to have for the rest of the winter until next spring. So again, harvest full moon, do something in your life that represents some kind of harvesting or some kind of uh, releasing or letting go of something then on um and the moon in Pisces, always especially during the uh, full moon stage, it is a pretty powerful time that has to do with a lot of uh dreams meditation intuition, all of those things are really really strong then September first uh, we have the moon. On top of Neptune, a very interesting time, especially for meditation, yoga, lucid dreaming, uh, getting messages, getting visions. That happens once a month when the moon is on top of uh, Neptune. And the moon is getting beautiful energy from Pluto, uh, transformative messages that can come to you from dreams. Really nice energy from Uranus, which means innovation, making new friends, friends from past lifetimes maybe. And as you can see on the chart, there's a lot of trines. There's a lot of really a beautiful activity that's going out there that could really be helpful for us uh, on next weekend. So next wind- weekend is guided with a lot of uh, help from the planets. Mars is sending beautiful energy to Pluto. Mercury and Minerva are sending beautiful energy to Pluto. Pluto is sending good energy to Uranus. Uranus is sending some back good energy to, nep- to Mercury. There's a whole... Um, Orchestra of blue lines and blue lines talks about flow and talks about uh, auspiciousness. So you have something nice happening Friday, it's a great day for dates, uh, not with the first time for people because it's Venus retrograde. Saturday, September 2nd, the moon is moving into Aries. It's going to be, she's going to be on top of Chiron, the wounded healer. There's a little bit of shamanism going on in Saturday. It's also a pretty powerful day of healing, especially family issues or insecurities coming from your ancestral karma. So that's the moon. The moon is actually sending beautiful energy to Venus. That means a lot of healing that can be done, especially in relationships, in partnership, finding compromises. That's happening on Saturday. So in that sense, things are really uh, positive. And because Uranus and uh, Minerva are sending beautiful energies, you know, mess around a little bit with uh, technology innovation uh, because you might get some messages of wisdom coming to you from there or from a friend or from a situation that seems to be really strange and awkward that suddenly some wisdom will download from it. Because Uranus can cause a lot of accidents and mishaps, but also some wisdom can come from there or some knowledge for you can come from there from that situation and then on sunday next sunday of course we're going to talk about it again begins our uh, stationary stage so venus is going to be stationary on a sunday and monday next week that's sunday anyway most people don't do that much but be careful of the next monday and after that, on the uh, fourth, official, fifth, actually, Venus is going direct. Of course, there's going to be a shadow that lasts for a few weeks, but you can start meeting new people. You can um, look into uh, doing things that maybe were stuck, especially in relationship in the last 40 uh, days. Now, um I wanted to show you a few things that I uh, thought about. Yeah, before that, before I forget, we actually added, uh, if you are in Los Angeles, we added an, a past lifetime regression in person at uh, O Inspired. It's in West Hollywood. It's going to be on Saturday, September 23rd at 5 p.m. It happens to be right on the eclipse, uh, the equinox. So that's going to be very auspicious. So if you are in Los Angeles or you know anybody who's in Los Angeles, you can go to my link on uh, my Instagram or you can just go to my website. It's going to be the 23rd. And we started the class on astrology. It's eight weeks. Uh, I'm go- if anybody wants to join, you can still join us. There is. It's, uh, the link is in the chat. It's ev- I mean, you can join anywhere you want and you're going to get the uh, recording sent to you. And also the handout, we already started one class, there's seven more, but if you join, I'll send you um, that um, class we already did, and you can join us to learn how to read your chart and to understand the wisdom of the stars. So that's going to be every Wednesday at 5.30 Pacific Standard Time, but again, anywhere in the world you can uh, join, and we're going to have the past lifetime regression on the fall equinox in LA, but that's going to be in person. So the Venus retrograde, that's going to be really interesting for me also to check to see how do you work with Venus retrograde? Because remember, I told you one of the most beautiful things about astrology is that it keeps evolving. and and how it evolves by making more and more connections between the above and the below. The same way that AI is developing, the more information we give that AI, uh, the more data we put into the system. The same thing with astrology. Astrology is kind of an AI. That's why AI, artificial intelligence, and astrology is ruled by the same sign, Aquarius, which is the sign of the future, meaning that it's constantly growing into the future. Now, one of the things that I want to see is how Venus retrograde really works, especially because she's in Leo. Leo always has to do with the leader, the kings. So I wanted to see there's a few things that were going on uh, during Venus retrograde that week that started in Venus retrograde or came to some uh, accumulation or accumulation during Venus retrograde. And we're going to have to wait for Venus to go direct to see what really It means. So, one of the most important thing is, for me at least, I was in Israel. As you know, some of you saw in the Instagram, I went with my family. Family, I'm talking about ages four to eighty every Saturday for the demonstration against uh, the craziness that the government is trying to do. Basically, the government in Israel is trying to make Israel the Hungary uh, or the Poland of the Middle East. You know, it's like. Terrible! What's going on there with the Palestinian situation? Uh, terrible! What's going on there with uh, the religious, the ultra-religious, the ultra-messianic uh, people that are now in the government? Which is really interesting because the whole thing about Messiah um, came to Judaism after the diaspora went to to Babylon and absorbed from the from the Persian tradition the idea of the messiah the messiah idea was not in the bible until the jews were expelled from jerusalem 586 to babylon and then 516 when they built the second temple they brought with them the idea of the messiah but messiah is not jewish idea it is a persian idea of all people from iran you know but anyway these messianic jews are now a part of uh, the government, which is again a paradox because these people don't necessarily believe in democracy, but they're using democracy to gain power. So, hundreds of thousands of people, including your humble servant, went there to demonstrate. So, anyway, they passed the law in July 24, and that July 24 is basically. Um, One of the check and balances that Israel has, Israel doesn't have two houses like the House of Lords and the House of uh, Commoners or the the Senate uh, and the Congress. It only has uh, the Knesset, which is basically the government. It's basically the executing, even though they legislate, they're part of the executing uh, executive uh, branch. But the one that actually always hold uh, the check and balances is the High Court of Israel that really was functioning, of course, Every cult needs to be changed, but not the way that they're doing it now in Israel. Usually these things need a consensus, and most of the people are against it in Israel. But anyway, it was passed in July 24, the law of reasonableness, um, that if something the government is uh, passing is a law that's not reasonable, a lot of time it has to do with human rights and so forth, then uh, the court has the ability to uh, basically um, negate it or erase it from the laws. And now they have passed a law that they can't do it anymore. But they passed the during venus retrograde. So it's going to be very interesting to see, because in September, uh, now the, the Supreme Court is supposed to meet again and discuss this law. And that could be a situation where there is a paradox, meaning that the court can decide that this law that they passed against the court is not reasonable And yet the government was said, well, this law is to release the reasonableness. So there might be a situation where the court says this is not a law and the government says this is a law. And then the police and the army will have to decide who they're following, in a sense. That could lead, of course, to civil war. Again, Venus is about peace. Retrograde is taking that peace away. So... Let's see what happens now that Venus goes direct if this law is basically struck down because in Venus retrograde, it's not the best time to do laws or to start new laws. um, Or will it be... um, or there will be other scenarios. So we'll have to check to see precisely what it means. What I can tell is that this law that was passed during Venus retrograde, Venus rules law, is not strong, meaning that it's going to have a a need to either be rediscussed, which is precisely what's going to happen with the Supreme Court, but I think it's going to be more than that because it happened on the Venus retrograde in Leo. And if you remember, Leo is all about anger. And Leo also was the time that the first temple and the second temple in Jerusalem were destroyed. So that would be, again, interesting. Another thing that happened during Venus retrograde, it just happened uh, uh, recently in August 24, is that Trump and his cronies were surrendered to the Atlanta jail um, in Georgia uh, because of the Georgia interference case. So he spent about 20 minutes in jail. He managed to make $7.1 million from it. Again, Venus retrograde is basically uh, maybe dec- showing at people that are willing to give their money. And usually these are people that don't have that much money uh, to a criminal. But anyway, it's the first time uh, in the four criminal cases that he had to actually uh, face the jail or go to jail in a sense that's again starting in venus retrograde so now let's see how this ends up because the process did start before but the actually signing of his name was done during venus retrograde so for people who do want to see him in jail maybe it's not the easiest or best scenario that it was done during venus retrograde but again let's see the other thing is Putin, uh, Putin that ordered the, the Wagner's fighters after the death of their leader, the death, the murder of this leader, um, to sign an oath. Again, oath, signing anything, is Mercury and Venus retrograde. He is trying to make the soldiers of uh, Wagner sign oath to him during Venus and Mercury retrograde. Uh, again, not the best time to sign any kind of partnership agreement. So these are three things that are happening that I wanted to, maybe you guys can follow up in the news, and see, and again, try to see if anything significant happened to you in the last 40 days or 30-something days in your life that could be related to beauty, art, design, relationship, justice, law, fairness, that might be reversed because it was done during the retrograde. Um, One of the things, when I was in Israel, I went to see it with my sister and my nephew, and we went for a few guys to see Barbie. At first, I was very skeptical about it, um, but my God, first of all, highly recommend it. I'm sure you all saw it. Um, anybody who says anything nasty about it, I really don't understand why, unless they have small penises and they really, really are insecure about their masculine energy. For example, who was that idiot? Uh, ben Shapiro, for example, who burned uh, Barbie dolls in his backyard. I mean, can you imagine a Jew burning uh, Barbies? You know, just a few generations. People like him burning books that were written by Jews, you know, It's terrible. Some of these idiots are just like, yeah, idiots. But anyway, uh, I thought the movie was great and I think it was really interesting because it was a very North Node in Libra movie um, and... I think it was done really well. I didn't even know that you have so many shades of pink and that pink works so well with one of my favorite colors which is turquoise. And it's kind of interesting. Turquoise is Scorpio transformation, intensity, and pink is some kind of a connection between Aries which is red and white which is all the colors together. So, I don't know, I have a deep respect to pink and turquoise. So anyway, it was a great movie. If you haven't seen it, you have to see it. It's Wonderful. Even in Israel, that there is not the best, um, let's say, culture of movie going and people talk in the movie and answer phones and stuff like that. Sometimes it's terrible. Even there, there is a scene where everybody started clapping. It was kind of uh, uh, very emotional for me. Like literally people started clapping in the middle of the movie because of one of the speeches uh, of uh, the mother actually there. So anyway, I thought it was really well done. Of course, there were some things that I I don't think worked really well, but still, it is great. And why am I talking about it is because, first of all, it's another example of Venus because it was released on the night that Venus went stationary. And again, what can be more Barbie than Venus? And you're talking about Barbie and Ken, which is already talking about relationship, which has to do a lot with uh, Venus. But it went stationary, so you see, it got stuck somehow in the consciousness of people. Nobody believed that this movie will make, A, so much money, and B, that it will touch so many people all over the world. You know, you have reports from India, you have reports from China, you have... People, it's basically somehow even people that have never done uh, done anything with Barbies are really connected to it. Why? Because it touched something in the archetypes, in the zeitgeist, in the spirit of the time that is really important. And it was released Leo, Venus stationary in Leo. Leo's entertainment. Leo's performance. Leo is um, the sun. And think about how uh, Barbie Land is all about sun, and it's like a, a, a mini- like a miniature Malibu in a sense. So. Definitely recommended. And there was a scene at the end of the movie that um, it was really explaining the North Node in Libra. Because remember, we talked about South North. Sorry, North Node in uh, uh, this is wrong. North Node in, uh, Scorp- in in Aries. When the North Node is in Aries, we have to learn about our own identity. Even if we are in a relationship, the only way we can be in the relationship is if two sides adhere to the I am. And that's what she tells him at the end. I was like, oh, my God, these people probably know astrology because she tells him, uh, Barbie tells uh, Ken, listen, it's not about Barbie and Ken. It's about Barbie and it's about Ken. And I thought, that's brilliant. Because any kind of relationship, it's not about you and me. It's about you and it's about me. It's the separation. That's what the North Node in Aries is all about. Separate into two uh, individuals Two people that understand who they are and then connect. Uh, that's how the North Node in Aries and the South Node in Libra is. If it will be reversed, and it will be reversed in nine years, I'm going to tell you differently. No, no, there is no more you. Let go of your ego. Release yourself in order to be in the relationship. Everything is about the relationship, the partner, your mirror, not you. But no, now it's the opposite. Now in order to be in a relationship, it's about you and it's about you. You. It's not about you and you. Another thing um, uh, that I checked, Barbie, the first Barbie ball, doll was actually born in March 9, 1959. And it's really interesting because it makes Barbie a Pisces. Not a Pisces, a double Pisces. Her, it was. Um, she was born actually with the new moon in Pisces. Uh, and that means that her sun and her moon is in Pisces. Pisces is all about fashion. It's about uh, ethereal energy. It's about... Uh, empathy and identity with it it's also addiction i'm sure a lot of people got addicted to barbie the sabian symbol is a master instructing his pupil which is so beautiful because you can just say t- change it with a girl instructing or playing with her pupil her barbie you know it was created of course by a uh, mattel Inc., which was uh, root handlers And Ken was actually released on March 11, 1961. He's two years younger than her. Um, I think it makes sense that uh, the woman is a little bit older because she survives longer. But they're both Pisces. And they both have Saturn, the Lord Karma, in Capricorn, which is kind of interesting because that gave them the ability to survive for so many um, generations, so many years, and if you can see on uh, my screen, you can see the original Ken, the way he came out um, uh, all dressed in red, and the original uh, Barbie. Now, there is a- an interesting thing that I wanted to share with you. I'll do it at the end. It's a website that I found uh, Insiders in Insiders. Um, you can go to that website. Now I'm actually loading it up here. And uh, on that website, uh, what you have is I think the title, maybe you can just Google it for those of you who are listening. Here's what Barbie looked like the year you were born, and then put insiders. And you'll see if you scroll down from 1960. Uh, 1959, sorry, uh, all the bo- the dolls that were released. And I thought, oh, it's like a tarot card, you know, like this is the year that you were born. This is your Barbie. And you can learn from the colors of the Barbie and her features and what she was specialized in. What was the zeitgeist of that year? You know, it's almost like looking at the color of the year and learning a lot about the energy of the year. So, for example, you scroll down, you see that 1960, she's having already a suit, but she's still wearing uh, her skirt uh, we deve- we move to 61 and we see that Ken uh, join here. So 1961, I guess, is the year of love. In uh, 1962, um, you see the red clothes of um, uh, Barbie. She called Red Flare. So 1962, people are very sexy, reddish. 1963, uh, came out Midge, uh, Barbie's best friend. So that's probably a year that has to do a lot with um, uh, friendship. Uh, 1964, that was also the year of the dragon, um, came up the Barbie Swirl ponytail, whatever. You know, but you go one by one and you look at all your Barbies and you can see precisely what the energy was uh, of that year portrayed by the Barbie. So, again, uh, check it out. It's kind of funny and it's kind of interesting. Uh, What else I wanted to show you? Yeah. I wanted to look at another uh, movie that came out uh, that uh, day, precisely on the same day, which is Oppenheimer. Again, an amazing movie. It's basically a movie about uh, a modern day uh, Prometheus, somebody who brought the fires of the gods. Uh, And the whole story is basically that uh, in many ways we're examining, or it's the story of the man who was pivotal to humanity because before uh, oppenheimer we could destroy ourselves we could destroy certain things um but not all of humanity and after oppenheimer we suddenly got the tool to completely dest- kill ourselves so it's almost as if before that we couldn't commit suicide we can just destroy uh, a city here a city there try to ju- to destroy or genocide one uh, race or the other but After Oppenheimer, that's it. We have the ability to completely destroy uh, human life or even life on Earth, except the cockroaches. So anyway, uh, he was a Taurus. But the interesting thing about it is when the movie came out in July of this year, it was when Uranus, for the first time in 84 years, touched Mercury. And just to remind you, 84 years ago was 1939, which is uh, about the time, a few years before this whole uh, Manhattan Project started. So it's interesting also that he downloaded uh, the, you can say, atom bomb, you know, 42, 43, 44, right when he was going through his 40th birthday. And remember, I told a lot of you guys that came for reading to me that 39 to 41, 42, it's a very pivotal time. It's a time where you really find what is your bequest to humanity. You can even go back in time to see what happened with you around that time. But the idea is that when you're 40, like Muhammad got the Quran at the age of 40, Moses ran away from Egypt at the age of 40, Rabbi Akiva started learning the alphabet at the age of 40. 40 is a very pivotal age of um, downloading your gift to humanity. It might take you 30, 40 years to make it happen, but that's when you're Uh, connecting to it. So you can go back to that time to see what was going on. In his case, uh, of course, it was the Manhattan Project and the creation of the Autumn Bomb. Again, a great movie. It was really interesting to have a pink movie, very colorful, and a black and white, almost holy uh, film coming out almost at the same time. Another movie that I uh, a TV show that I wanted to recommend, even though everybody seems to um, tell me that the reviews in Rotten Tomatoes were really bad, but maybe Rotten Tomatoes is rotten, I don't know. But anyway, the Crowded Room from Apple TV, I highly recommend it. It's one of uh, it's, very, it's based on a, a true story uh, of Bill Milligan, Billy Milligan, who was basically acquitted. Um, from a series of some crimes that he committed. And he was the first person in US history to be found not guilty not guilty due to multiple personality disorder. Uh now it's known as, as the now it's known as dissociative identity disorder. D-I-D-I-D. DID did. Hmm. I like um, multiple personality disorder. And anyway when I was watching this um film and especially there's some interesting conversation there with the psychologist. Um I then had the th- a feeling of something that I had when I was studying psychology. When I studied psychology and we got to uh, a personal um, or theories of personality and disorder, uh, we were studying about multiple personality disorder. And I thought, well, maybe it is characters that we invent in ourselves because the whole idea is that usually when you're younger and you experience some really uh, a disassociative situation a situation that was so bad that you had to distance yourself from it a lot of time it's a sexual abuse that happened in a very early age and it fragments your ego to the point that according to psychologists you create alter egos and they don't know about each other and they basically take over and that's why you don't remember acting as one person so it's very common for somebody to have one of their characters a very military strong fighter that protects them and another one that's very geeky and intellectual when they need to know certain information you know you basically create uh, the archetypes that you need in order to protect yourself A multiple personality disorder but then i thought and i remember thinking about it when i was studying uh, psychology and i talked about it to the professor who dismissed it completely and i thought what if these are basically egos from past lifetimes and basically when that uh, ego that is very very let's say, fragile or very um, weak in this lifetime, egos from past lifetimes are just downloaded in order to protect the current ego. So maybe there was a a, a past lifetime that I was a Japanese uh, shugon or whatever, and I come in and I fight to protect me, and then I let go. And then there was maybe a lifetime when I was uh, very knowledgeable, and whenever I need to be tested, that comes in and help us and maybe it already is happening in a certain way as an echo or reverberation whenever you are tested whenever you are uh, have to perform suddenly that thing that come over you in a sense you call it channeling but maybe it's a channeling of a past lifetime ego so i wanted you to maybe watch that thinking that maybe that is uh, a, a possibility this is the full moon. Uh, we talked about the full moon uh, that's going to happen August 31st. And the Sabian symbol is a girl blowing a little trumpet. So that's the Sabian symbol of that day. But again, because Saturn is opposite to the sun, it is a little bit more uh, strenuous uh, full moon. Uh, let's see if there's any questions. So again, join me where every Sun, every Wednesday, we're doing this um, um class on astrology we have seven more sessions you can email me or you can just book it and let me know that you did and then i'll send you the uh, first uh, episode um and you're born before Lo- uh, before barbie well you can't be barbie's reincarnation Barbie's remarkable movie yes i totally agree um inspection tomorrow you know, what I've noticed with inspections, I don't know if it's so important. Maybe they're going to make a mistake. Maybe they'll ask for more papers. Maybe you're going to have to um, contest what they said. Or maybe they'll give you much more of a, a much better than you even deserve. And maybe they're not going to be able to see certain things that are problematic. So it doesn't always have to be a bad thing. Well, again... Thanks a lot for making it. I'll see you next week. Uh, saying goodbye to the people. If there are any questions over there on in Instagram, that's the moment to ask. Um, again, thanks for joining. Sorry we had to make a little break, uh, but I was traveling all over. Uh, I just got my tickets back, so I'm going to fly again to Sofia and to Istanbul, to Edinburgh, uh, to London, and maybe Paris. We'll see. Uh, or if I find some other country to translate my book, maybe I'll find myself in a country I didn't suspect I will, uh, maybe because of some of you guys. So I follow the signs. So if you direct me, I will go. Again, thanks a lot and have an amazing full moon.